welcome to Biosmag podcast launched by Business Strategy e-magazine and Law Strategic Advisors. I am CEO and founder of these two businesses. My name is Dr. Vanita Agarwal. I humbly request all my audience to kindly subscribe this YouTube channel, Law Strategy. The link is given below this video. Today, our guest speaker is Ron Richard who is from America and I welcome Ron on our show. Thank you for coming here today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'll briefly introduce Ron to my audience. And Ron, our audience is global audience. It's not limited to India only. Ron is a seasoned expert specializing in the medical device, medical diagnostic and life science market segments with over 35 years of experience in the medical industry with extensive knowledge and experience in respiratory, pulmonary, and sleep medicine. He is a recipient of several industry-based awards, has launched over 40 plus products and has 17 patents under his belt. In his 20, more than 25 years of being in the game, both nationally and internationally. Ron recently published his book, Someday is Today, and through which he encourages its readers to not let an idea suppress. He draws illustration from his own experiences and that of his collaborators to give extraordinary guidelines on how to take an initial idea to a fully developed product on the shelves all the while just sipping coffee, meaning making it so comfortable. And this is a perfect, perfect, you know, podcast topic for us because our purpose is to educate our audience who are business school students, maybe warning entrepreneurs who have some bubbling idea but are not confident enough to, you know, take it to the next level. So Ron, why don't you tell something about yourself first to the audience in your own words? Yeah, thank you, doctor. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually started in healthcare as a respiratory therapist. So I worked in a teaching hospital for several years and also as a paramedic. So I got firsthand experience uh, dealing with patients and helping them with uh, different respiratory and pulmonary conditions. And when I worked in the hospital, that was the first, uh, actually my first invention was a communication device that could help patients who were on ventilators. And when you're on a ventilator, you, you can't speak uh, because they put a tube into your airway, put you on a machine, and it eliminates your ability to talk. So I developed a simple communication board that the patient could use to get simple things that they wanted to and also communicate with their staff uh, members or also their family. Wow. And that was my very first invention. We sold over uh, about 150,000 communication boards worldwide. And so I, it must be. yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, an invention that was uh, something simple and it started with a research project that uh, the hospital did a lot to help fund. And then it became a commercial uh, product that sold for over 15 years. So that was my first invention. And that's, that's part of the, the book as well. But uh, 
the impetus behind the book was about four years ago, I was invited to speak at Stanford University in, in California and present to a group of doctors who had ideas about inventions and uh, devices or products that they wanted to make, but they couldn't get their ideas out of their coffee cup or they couldn't get started with the first step. So after that lecture, I had a lot of calls and uh, discussions with uh, clinicians and physicians. And um, you know, during the time of COVID, I actually had some downtime. So I took the time to start writing the book in March and finished it in December and then published it on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble uh, earlier this year. So uh, the goal was to give a simple framework uh, for a clinician to utilize to kind of navigate from what I call concept to uh, commercialization. So that's taking an idea from point A to Z and get, giving them a framework or step-by-step -step kind of outline, uh, simply how to get the product from, uh, you know, I've, I've taken products basically from clinicians that are just drawings on a piece of paper and then formalize those in engineering uh, documents and then eventually got the products to market. So it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. You're basically an engineer, as I guess. I, I have, yeah, I've got an engineering background and a clinical background and a business background. Wow, great versatile personality we are talking to today. So yeah. Ron, uh, I was amazed you have uh, 40 inventions and uh, 17 patents. What is your advice to audience? Like how can they benefit today uh, while talking to you while listening to you? Yeah, well, the, even though the book is uh, focused on how, you know, you can work with uh, medical devices, I've actually had people read the book already that are entrepreneurs and they're in different, they're in the consumer world, they're in electronics. So the, the basic elements of starting a business from an idea or concept is, is embodied in, in the book. So it talks about fundraising, which is important. You know, every business, new business needs capital. You need to have somebody investing in your idea in order to feed the, the company and give it resources. So from there, it talks about, you know, who's the right people to put on your team. Every company needs a team. You can't just run it by yourself. So you need engineering. You need sometimes regulatory help. You need sales and marketing, obviously. And then you also need, if you're in a highly regulated area like medicine, you need to work with the FDA. You need to work with uh, ISO standard compliance things. But given all that, you know, you can take all those basic elements in my book and apply it to almost any startup business or an entrepreneur uh, that has an idea or concept and wants to get it to market. Great. So as you told, your book Sunday is today talks about all these elementary steps, which one must read to get an idea of what are the basic steps one should be prepared beforehand and then develop the product and then take it to the market with all these steps. And that will make the business successful beat any uh, core area. Yeah, and I think in the book, you know, early on, I asked uh, an inventor, to challenge yourself to ask the question, why does my product have a right to survive in the ecosystem? What, what problem am I solving with my product that's unique and different than anything that's out there so that your product will you know, stand out like a light bulb that's shining. You know, People will look at it and go, 
aha, that's exactly what I've been looking for. I have this problem and that product gives me the solution that you know I've been looking all over for, whether it be on Amazon or when you're out shopping or you're you know trying to buy something to fix something at your home or your business. But that's the first thing I put in the book is really ask yourself tough questions that you know you can answer within a very short amount of time, an elevator pitch when you're talking to a friend or someone, an investor say, my product does the following things. And this is the reason why I'm inventing this. And these are the, this is the use cases for it. And you can do that in literally 30 seconds. So first thing to find out the pain point where the customer is missing out on, right. uh, you know, correct kind of product. And secondly, to find out the USP, the unique selling point. Right. right. Yeah. And then from there, then from there, you look at the audience for your product, how big is the audience, uh, what is called the total market value in terms of dollars, and then what other countries can you commercialize it in, and what is it going to take to get distribution set up globally? Yeah. So uh, this is your first book? Yeah, this is my first book. I've written a lot of clinical articles for uh, medical journals, but this is my first book. So I, I guess you have poured in all your experiences into this book. Pretty much so. It's <laughs> uh, book full of your uh, experiences, you know, when one spends down their lifetime experiences, it actually becomes very rich. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not a long book to read. I think it's like 170 pages. So it's not like volumes and volumes of things to read. I tried to make it, again, short and simple enough to where not people can great experiences yeah right that's it so not elaborated like philosophy <laughs> no <laughs> not not anything and, at all like that yeah so what else would you like to share with our audience uh, ron uh, about you know starting a business what are the key points they should take care of what can be the hiccups and uh, how those hurdles can be overcome, which you might have felt in your journey, some couple of points. Yeah, I think the first thing is I tell people, and I use this little saying, if you see a need, plant the seed. And what that means is if you see a need that's not being fulfilled by products that are on the market, take your idea and your concept and plant that seed and get your business going. Don't, don't, you know, sit back and just go, well, maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I don't have enough money. Maybe I can't do this because I've never done it before. Don't, don't let those things get in your way. If you, if you really feel passionate about something you're doing and you see a need out there, plant that seed, nurture it, water it, that's your, your company or your business. And the nice fulfilling thing about that is if it does work the way you envisioned it to work, it could help millions of people. You know, that's why I tell doctors and clinicians, if you see a way to do medicine better, or you see a product improvement that would help patients, please, you know, try to get that to the market because it could benefit millions of patients. I think that's the main hiccup. Most of the, uh, most of the people who want to be entrepreneurs, they just keep the ideas in their head and they are very, very hesitating in taking that first step. Yeah, well, doctors aren't, they go to school to be a doctor, not a business person. And they have to kind of flip their part of their brain over to, you know, thinking like a business person or an entrepreneur and even entrepreneurs uh, that are, uh, whether they have one product or a series of products, 
they still have to engage every time they're going to launch a new product. They have to actually take action. That's the first thing is action. I understand this first part because I had been an educator for most of my life. And, you know, to turn into a businesswoman was very, very hard because education is something you don't feel like or you are not taught as being business. So education is just give away. Uh, and in India, there is a saying that the biggest charity is to educate some, someone. Mm -hmm. This is a traditional saying uh, that education is the biggest, uh, you know, donation you can give to educate someone. So yeah, that, into, a, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was very difficult for me to turn my mindset into, you know, a business kind of mindset to understand uh, these issues. But finally, I think I am overcoming slowly and slowly and uh, hopefully <laughs> I will go on to become something with the advices uh, like from legions like you uh, I'm imbibing while hearing yeah well you know too you know with COVID what's changed and where we're rethinking how we're doing business and how we're working and we're working more remotely and from home you could, if you're an entrepreneur, this is a perfect time now, if you're going to be working from home, you could still probably do your, your main job. But if you have an idea to start another business or create a new product, you could probably do a lot of that from working from home too. You know, you don't necessarily have to quit your job. A lot of entrepreneurs I know started out with a, an idea and they, you know, developed it over time, but they, uh, Fortunately, unfortunately, still had to work a full-time job. Yes, and they, they had their other, yeah, and I encourage people to do that because eventually you may want to transition away from what you're doing to your, your new company or whatever you're developing and build out your own business. And one of the biggest uh, enjoyments I've had over my life is like what you said, sharing my knowledge with employees or other people. But the other big part of it is giving people jobs you know, creating jobs. And it's amazing how many entrepreneurs, you know, small businesses, especially here in the United States, create so many jobs and opportunities for people. So that's another big part of the book. And yeah, and, and do you think that this medical device requirements have changed in COVID and it is like, uh, as we hear in the year 2020, when it all began, and when nobody was knowing what COVID is all about and how is it going to impact and what are the requirements for the treatments, you know, so many experiments were, were being done in 2020. Now doctors know what is the correct treatment, what is the basic requirement, but was there, a, did you observe a boom in medical device being developed on a large scale? Uh, you saw that kind of change that yes, medical industry is having a boom in terms of medical it, devices. I see it across uh, a number of different industries where COVID has made people rethink again, be more, more creative uh, about how they're going to move forward in the future. Uh, in the food industry, for instance, uh, food delivery or how we shop. But in medicine, it's really, uh, you know, things about remote, remote monitoring is becoming a bigger thing. It's like, we wanna take care of patients, but you don't always have to physically touch them. You could actually remotely monitor somebody using uh, wearables like peripheral devices that post uh, information to a cloud 
And then the doctor can look at the information on the cloud and make some sort of diagnosis or understand the trending information on the patient. So I call, I call it somewhat like contactless care. That's, that's uh, starting to emerge out of COVID. But I, I see a lot of other things too. So that patients who are not suffering from COVID can get treated without visiting a hospital, which is a major hub for COVID virus, no doubt. Right. So many patients are already ill, and it is also a life-saving, uh, uh, you know, uh, life-saving method for doctors also who are who are most required in these times. Uh, so yes, like for last one and a half year, more than one and a half have not visited hospital. I'm consulting doctors online. Uh, I call someone from uh, these diagnostic labs to take blood samples whenever required. They come, they collect the blood sample. Luckily, I don't have to go for bigger tests where I need to visit some uh, you know, diagnostic center or an imaging center. Uh, so yes, I'm being able to take medicines wherever for some small uh, sickness is there online totally online mm -hmm. so that has been uh, a real discovery you know in these times uh, before covid i remember in 2019 there was hardly a video consultation with doctors except for those uh, patients who have traveled outside the nation and they just want to consult their own physicians they don't want to change physician because they know the history mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the other thing, what I'm working on right now, and I'll just kind of tell you a new invention that I'm working on that I'm launching this later this summer, it's a respiratory support device to treat COVID patients. And it's, uh, it's a heated high flow therapy device uh, that provides oxygen and heated humidified gas. About Let's see, back in March last year, um, I was working with uh, a bunch of clinicians that had gathered data from Italy, from Spain, from all over the world, looking at how people were being treated that had COVID. And a majority of them were being put on ventilators and innovated. And the mortality rate for those patients was about 80% or higher, which is pretty depressing to be honest, to see that many people dying. Well, you, you fast forward to where we're at today, it's completely opposite of that. Now we're using non-invasive methods of, of support, oxygen therapy. Innovation is not being used that much. It's, it's improved the uh, mortality has dropped down to 15% and survivability now is up over 80%, but it's a different mindset about how we treat patients and how we've learned what COVID is what are the best approaches for treating it? So, you know, going back to what you said earlier is what we've learned through this whole period of time. It's very valuable and it's something that we can use even going into the future for COPD patients, it's, you know, smokers or whatever, but also for COVID. Thank you, Ron, uh, for being here. Uh, Thank you. I would have uh, loved to extend this uh, talk, uh, knowing so many things about your new inventions and such a fruitful talk thank you so much uh, it's been thank a pleasure you. and honor for us and we would like to invite you next time also when your new invention is ready and we would like to talk about it more in details all right thank you so much have a great week have a great uh, day and weekend thank you all so right bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.